Hi, everybody. It's uh, episode five of the uh, Relentless. The uh, Relentless is a story about us, about our, um, you know, our trials and tribulations. Um, I've been having a blast doing this, finding unique pr- perspectives from different people, some stories I love to listen to, and I hope everyone's liking uh, liking it as well. Uh, with me today, I have uh, Brooke. Uh, Brooke, can, can you pronounce your last name for me? I know you did it once before, but I think I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. It's yeah. Okay. All right. So a lot Brooke, of letters in there. <laughs> no, look, we're we're on the same page. My last name is, is, a, is Alphabet Soup as well, right? <laughs> uh, so Brooke is a senior manager of submissions and project management at PRA Health Services. Um, I thought Brooke would make a great guest because she fits the mold of people that I love to work with. Uh, she's gracious. She's been very gracious with her time. Um, she's been selfishly spreading, you know, word about my company, what I do with some of her, uh, you know, colleagues, and um, I thought it'd be a good time to, uh, you know, just bring her on. And, and and she's always done this without anything expected in return. So I love that. I, I try to be that, and I, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to create that goodwill. And I think Brooke does it seamlessly, and I'm trying to trying to be that as well. Um, so thanks for coming on, Brooke. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to just chatting today, and sharing <laughs> uh, just some nuggets of, of information and things that are on my mind. Sure, definitely. So um, I'll let you just do like a quick, maybe two, three minute bio about you. You know where you, where you kind of started out and where you where you're going, that kind of thing, and then we'll kind of go into some some Q and A. Totally, totally. So um, I spent six and a half years um, at Pfizer, loved every moment of it, Um, went from the lab into um, regulatory, so made some interesting career changes all through self-promotion, and recently, just uh, earlier this year in January, made a big career pivot um, from Pfizer um, into into PRA Health Sciences, which is more of a contract research organization, so I'm more on the vendor side than the client side. So that's been interesting and fun to kind of see both sides of the fence in the pharma industry. Okay. So you were actually in the lab at one point then you were doing, doing, doing stuff. Yeah, I was working on oncology therapeutics, um, antibody drug conjugates. So, uh, that was, that was a pretty neat time. Um, really being on the front lines of, of obviously, you know, some of what the world is trying to tackle, um, in the oncology space. Cool. That's really pretty neat. I didn't know that. Um, so, you know, I guess we'll go right to the 500-pound gorilla in the room uh, is, is the virus, <laughs> its effects. Um, yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm fortunate I had a guest last week that shared some of his insight, what his firm is doing. Um, how, how's PRA responding? You know, is the business as usual? I'm assuming not, but I guess how, how's that all kind of come together on your side? Yeah, we're just uh, being super supportive of each other, of our colleagues, um, of our families. So I think the management and leadership has done an amazing job. Um, they've sent numerous emails just letting us know that if we need anything, whether it's you know extra time off, support, resources, they're here for us. And they've also um, been very kind and being very um, transparent and visible about you know the company itself and you know being ready. Um, you know, financially, um, as a whole organization to, to weather this current storm that we're facing, which, which makes us, you know, as, as colleagues and employees, um, feel better and a little bit safer right now about our job security, which I know is unfortunately, um, kind of a hot topic right now in the outside economy. And so I feel, I feel fortunate, um, about that and to have the leadership that I have here. And, and are you guys working on anything directly in, impacting the, the virus itself or uh, like anything in the peripherals or what, what do you what's going on with, you, with your company at this point with that? 
Yeah, definitely. So um, the way we work is we actually support multiple pharma companies. Mm -hmm. And so right now I know specifically um, we are supporting some of the COVID-19, both clinical trials as well as um, regulatory um, submission projects. So um, that's been super exciting, super interesting. I am not personally working on the front lines of COVID-19 at this point, but the way I see my work is by me staying focused um, on the projects that I'm focused on, I'm allowing um, those resources uh, the ability to focus on the COVID-19 therapeutics. Gotcha. Okay. And I, I guess, I mean, you, you kind of answered this. We were, we were having some technical difficulties <laughs> coming in today. <laughs> and I had this written down as a question because I, I have an, another contact in pharma that works in uh, IT. And they had uh, contacts a few weeks back in Italy that were having a lot of issues, um, you know, sending data because there was, you know, there was like internet outages and stuff like that. But then you just mentioned you have a computer. I'm not sure if that's a work computer or personal, but is technology keeping up to work from home with you guys? Or how, how are you rating that at this point? Yeah, I think it's interesting because, so I'm actually fully remote and I say that to people and they kind of laugh and they're like, okay, yeah, we all are right now, but (laughs) I'm actually truly fully remote and I was hired into this job as a remote role. And so um, working virtually and remote is um, not new to me. I've done it for the past uh, three years, Um, but in this situation um, with everyone Working from home, I think it is causing a lot of technical difficulties. People aren't used to working from home, so they're trying to get used to what that's like. Everyone's logging in to the VPN at the same time, and it's using up a lot of the network. And so I definitely have felt um, slower speeds. And then I I do have, it's kind of a funny story. So my fiance ordered me a uh, MacBook Air, so as a surprise, and um, it's coming from China, and we wanted to pick it up from FedEx today but they are not allowed to release it because the laptop needs to quarantine um, for a few days before it can <laughs> come into our household so um, I, I do appreciate everyone you know taking this so seriously um, you know and being in, in really you know focusing on quarantining and not you know spreading the spreading the virus and things like that um, but there are you know global impacts as we've seen, you know, beyond just like you said, the virus itself, um, just, you know, how to work amidst all of this, you know, disruption and people trying to work from home. And unfortunately, we've seen the unemployment rate um, go up quite significantly. Um, You know, obviously, the stock market, we've all been feeling that pain of our 401ks. And so, you know, this virus has many repercussions beyond just the physical um, impact. Yeah, that makes sense. And, I, and my next question here, I mean, it wasn't directly related to the stock market, but it, I, I think, you know, you, I mean, this is what I do for a living. So it's always kind of anyway in, in there somewhere, I guess. But and, and you guys don't have a water cooler to chat around at this point. But like, what's the water cooler chat like right now with the colleagues? Are you guys more worried about the um, the, 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 the like focusing on business as usual or is it is and getting things done to focus on you know, the, the company or is it you guys just looking around at the stock market and the economy and just, just kind of shaking your head like everybody else is at this point? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think like we're trying to like when, when we're in the meeting rooms and when we're talking, we're, we're, we're trying to kind of put our masks on and kind of like act like everything's fine and we're all fine and, you know, let's just business as usual 
you know, uh, push through and persevere. And I think that's all well and great. And, you know, I really appreciate that mentality um, of resilience. But at the same time, I think in the back of our minds, we're all worried about something to do with our own personal circumstance, whether it's our own health, the health of a loved one, whether it's our own 401k retirement account or the, you know, the, you know, the parent or grandparent or person that we know, neighbor, who's going to be retiring within or wanted to retire within the next few years. And maybe, you know, this has changed their plans. Um, you know, I think it's just, you know, or parents adjusting to trying to work from home with kids in the house. I think, you know, we're all facing, you know, such a unique situation um, in our own personal life. But I think what's beautiful about the whole situation is that I think everyone has been so supportive in trying to help one another um, get through this as a society and a community the best that we can. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really well said. I think, um, you know, we can't, do this by ourselves we have to sort of rely on each other and there's obviously a whole lot of work to be done at this point i mean it's it's just we're, we're on the you know, first or second inning of, of the of the battle here i think okay. um and I, I guess so how are you guys dealing with that i mean there's a lot of stress going on are, are you are you able to you know kind of just i mean i guess are you like a just a support system for each other at this point i mean how, how are you guys dealing with the stress level internally yeah, definitely. Um, so my management, again, has been great. My direct management. So the executive leadership has been great. And then my direct management has been great, too. We've been, you know, kind of just doing check-ins and touch bases with everyone. We're doing actually a virtual happy hour tonight. Uh, oh, that's so really cool. looking forward to that. So okay. we're going to get get on WebEx, turn our cameras on, and we're going to, um, you know, cheers. It's actually my manager's birthday today. So uh, we'll be celebrating that. We'll be having some nice beverages um, <laughs> in the comfort of our own homes. Sure. And cheersing. So, to, you know, the week being over and starting the weekend. So, I think just like little morale boosters like that, I think it's just, it's really nice to have that, that camaraderie and that support system. And just knowing that, you know, if we did need to take some personal time off or we did, you know, we were feeling overwhelmed, mm-hmm. um, our, our leadership has definitely given us that that network and that support system, um, that we need in this, you know, difficult time. Sure. Sure. I, I was, I was, uh, just having a conversation with someone earlier about this. My, my niece is about to graduate high school, um, at the end of this, you know, at the end of this year. And I, I just had a conversation with her. I said, look, I can't, I can't really re- relate to this cause you know, she's looking forward to her prom and that's probably canceled. And she's looking forward uh-huh. to walking down you know, the aisle for graduation. And that's probably canceled. Yeah. And, and everything else. And I said, only, I mean, I, I was, I went, my freshman year in college was nine eleven year. And I said that first year of college was just kind of a blur. Cause like it, it, the first half semester was, was all messed up and then it kind of like went from there. But, um, so yeah, I think we're all kind of dealing with it in certain ways. I mean, I, I know you have a wedding plan coming up. I mean, how's, how's like, how's that going for you at this point? Like, is, is it, what's the, what's the game plan at this point? <laughs> Yeah, so right now, so it's actually unfortunate. Just the other day, we had to make the difficult decision to cancel my bridal shower, which oh, was no. April 25th. Okay. But, you know, there's just no other way because 
there's, you know, we can't have gatherings and, yeah. you know, technically people aren't supposed to cross state lines unless essential and obviously not supposed to leave your house unless for essential goods. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was kind of unfortunate. And that's been kind of been going through a little bit of a grieving yeah. <laughs> process from that. And then, so for, for the wedding itself, we're supposed to get married July 4th, um, crossing our fingers that things get better um, between now and then. We're working closely with our our vendors and our venue we're tracking we're kind of looking at those curve graphs my fiance is super analytical so he's really good at kind of tracking the numbers and doing the statistics and reading about that stuff and we're super hopeful that um you know the curve is going to start going down um by you know early may mm-hmm. and so um our venue said that they're working kind of in you know, six to eight week blocks right now, which sounds like most companies and and people and plans and events are kind of working in that same time frame, you know, maybe four, six, eight week chunks. And so right now it's kind of too early to make the call Mm -hmm. on, you know, if we can still have the wedding. Um, And so we're hoping to kind of make a decision in about a month, early May, because we need to communicate out to everyone we've invited and cetera you know if we're changing the plans so right now we're going you know moving forward trudging ahead as if it's happening so you know all this weekend i'll be spending some time doing some wedding planning hoping that i have a wedding so just kind of crossing our fingers for now until we hear otherwise yeah i mean i'm sorry to hear that the you know the the bridal shower, yeah, I got to get canceled. Yeah, it's, it's really it's terrible. A <laughs> no, it is. I mean, I, I guess you know, and, and I don't have any any quippy, you know, quirky anecdotes to go with this. But I mean, I, I you know, like I have my 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 cousin. We were all my cousin had a destination wedding five years ago, and um, it was down the Keys, and you know, it was all my cousins. There's about eight of us, and my grandmother died. She was in a nursing home. She died the day of his wedding, and like so, we're oh, so we're all down the Keys, and then you know, and and you know, we're kind of a unique bunch that we just kind of have a dark sense of humor about it. And we're like, yeah, of course she died in the wedding day. Like it's just kind of, it's the way we operate. But, um, you know, and, and it's, it's when things don't go wrong, it's just, you, you just, you know, obviously you don't want to dwell on them, but at the same time it, it stinks. It's, it just sucks. It's this whole thing just yep. sucks. I mean, I think every, exactly. I, you have to just admit, you know, just call it what it is. I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of good positivity come from it, but I think you have to just sort of say like this, this, this time, you know, it's going to be a, one of those flags that you're going to look at back in 30 years and say, yeah, that was, that was an interesting three months, you know? <laughs> you never yep, get... definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I'm feeling right now. And I, I feel bad, you know, for all of those couples as well, who, you know, we're supposed to get married in March or April and, you know, their events are already, you know, canceled. They didn't even have a chance to kind of evaluate the situation, but sure. I think we're almost in a, a more precarious spot because right now it's it's too difficult to tell and you can't you know no one has a crystal ball with you know how the future is going to go and you know these curves are very dependent on everyone you know sheltering in place and following the rules and social distancing and so we're really depending on kind of the compliance of society which you know from my point of view most people have been super you know super supportive and of course we all want you know this to go away sooner than later um but yeah we're just in a weird spot because it's like it's hard to make a decision you know it's sometimes it's easier when the decision is made for you that's a good point yeah i, I didn't even think about that i mean if you if, if you're yeah. if you're a week away it's, it's kind of you know it's it's, it's not going to happen um exactly. i had a uh, i had the unfortunate conversation on saturday um a, a potential client call me 
and her husband passed of the of the virus uh, like like a week ago, and um, you know unexpected. You know he wasn't the, you know the pillar of health, obviously, but you know it, you know it wasn't expecting that. And they couldn't even give them a proper funeral because they're not allowed to have groups. So, so I mean, it's all about perspective, and you know, and, yeah. and it's you know, <laughs> it doesn't. Go, I mean, unfortunately, you don't you don't know them from a hole to wall, and it doesn't you know make your wedding decision any less easier. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I, I guess there's 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 worse things that can happen. I guess than if it has to be postponed, but you know, postponed for a month or two or whatever. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it doesn't. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows what you want at this point? You know, it's it's interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's that's true, and yeah, like to your point, like I, I feel like you know, always finding perspective is so important in any situation in life. And like you said, you know, like having to push back a wedding, it's not the biggest thing in the world. There's much, you know, unfortunate worse things happening in the world, and so I kind of need to keep reminding myself of that when I get down and out about my own personal situation. Yeah. But yeah, the other reason we're we're nervous about pushing it back too is because. Um, you know, there's talks about potentially a second wave coming, you know, in the fall winter when the weather cools down again. So, yeah. you know, no one really knows what to make of all this. Okay. Well, I don't want to dwell on the uh, the virus the entire time here. So we'll kind of kind of you know, take a little switch. But uh, one last thing, I, I, for me personally, just from what I'm seeing from my 30,000 foot view, I think there's going to be a lot of positivity coming from this. And I don't mean necessarily like, you know, people are going to be you know, dancing in the streets with joy. It's more about like the companies that are adapting that, that are like like your company who's allowing you to do the happy hours. I mean, I think I think the if you're the tip of the spear of that I think there's there's going to be a prosperity that is unmatched for a long time because it's just it's I think they're the people that are stuck and, you know, try to micromanage you. I, I was reading an article the other day about companies downloading spyware to, to micromanage their employees at this point. And I'm like, well. Yeah, like what's the goal of that? You know, exactly. What do you stand to gain from that? Yeah, nothing. And then people are just going to sit there on a computer and type a a letter every hour to to prove that they're on there. It doesn't really. It doesn't really. Yeah, I mean, it's it's silly. What a waste. (laughs) It is, and especially now, like people just need to be people and just say, you know what, like get your work done, and we're happy. You know, that's that's my feeling anyway. Exactly, um, just like you would do if you were physically in the office. You're right. gonna do the same thing at home. You're gonna get your work done. Like yeah. <laughs> we're all adults. We're not in kindergarten. We get we know <laughs> what we're supposed to do. We know what our goals and deliverables are. Yeah. And we're achieving them. Exactly. Um any any final part any final shots at at this whole thing well before we kind of switch gears and some other stuff? Nope. Okay. I think yeah, good conversation. Thanks. I'm glad it was nice to kind of get some of that out just because I know, you know, we're kind of all thinking about it, but let's just kind of like face it head on. Yeah, no, it's, it's yesterday. So I, I think I might've mentioned this to you before, but I, I spend, uh, I, my Thursday nights, I, I usually go out with my buddies and we grab a beer or whatever and just kind of hang out for an hour and we haven't been able to do it for three weeks. So, um, yesterday I was kind of running low on supplies. So I went to uh, went to the supermarket, and my buddy met me there in the parking lot. And we just sat there, and we just we grabbed some food, and just sat there and just chatted. And, the, and, and I was, it worked. And, and the car, I mean, it was kind of weird, but like you know, just to get other other another person to talk to, other than the you know the, the, the people in your house, basically. Sometimes exactly. it's just good, you know. Yep. Sometimes um, they need that a reprieve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so as far as the. Um, our last meeting, we talked about a, a few things that we, we were just kind of chatting about your, your stuff when you're, when you're moving from Pfizer. Um, you mentioned minimalist lifestyle. And, um, you know, I, I threw some content out there about like, 
this is stuff that goes in my own neurotic interworkings, I guess, about how to save how to save a buck with, you know, if you if you're eating eating out, you know, one day a week instead of five, I think I put out seventy nine hundred dollars a year. A couple could save by doing that. Wow. So it's pretty yeah. substantial. Um, yeah. But I, I think you know, not to dwell on this whole virus thing, but I think do do you. I guess, is, where do you stand on these types of things now? Is that Has that changed your opinion on anything? Or is it still just interesting to see how people are just sort of saving, squeezing a dollar a little bit? Or what, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so um, personally, so um, in terms of, I guess, eating out, that's a great kind of question. Um, we actually do um, Blue Apron. Mm-hmm. And um, so we get the meals delivered to us, which who knew that was going to come in so much handy, you know, with this whole situation. Um, and we've actually found, um, even though some people will say at first blush, oh, that's really expensive. You know, I don't know how you guys do that. We actually save a lot of money by not going to the grocery store every week because when you go to the grocery store every week, then you start to fill your cart with all the things you need for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then some, oh, I want some of this. I want to try this. Oh, this looks good. And so it kind of, you know, um, takes away from that, you know, enticement of, you know, just getting extra stuff. We just get the stuff that we need, which like you said, goes along with that minimalist lifestyle. And so we have minimal waste in terms of, um, you know, any produce, fruits, and veggies, because they send you in the box everything that you need um, to make the meals. And, you know, in terms of just kind of big box stuff, I guess you would say like paper goods and drinks and stuff like that. We just do every couple of months, we do a large Costco or BJ's delivery. And, you know, it just, it works for us. It works for our lifestyle. And we actually find that we don't really go out to eat that much. And, you know, in terms of just overall lifestyle, you know, it keeps our wallets happier. It keeps our bodies healthier and, you know, all around, it's just, it's a good thing and it's what works for us. Um, but that's not to say that would work for every family and every different <laughs> situation. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I guess that's the difficulty is that, you know, we found a system that works for us and that works for our budget and our lifestyle. But I guess it's really important. Kind of the question that you were asking is, you know, people kind of looking at their own lifestyle and seeing, you know, what they value and, and, you know, money saving and things like that and health and, aligning, you know, their activities to that. That's interesting. I, my, my next sort of comment here, I, I had it in parentheses and I wrote, sometimes it's a hard question to ask people what they're willing to do because I, I've read it. I mean, I guess I have the, the, the luxury or the, the burden, I guess you, whatever you want to call it, of, of, of seeing people's habits a little bit more than normal. And you see people that are, you know, spending 30 grand, 40 grand a year eating out, you know, and, wow. and, and you see people that are, you're spending, you know, 25 grand a year on wine or 50 or whatever that number is. I mean, it happens. And, yeah. um, and how do you approach that? Do you, do you just, you know, come out and say it? And then you, you don't want to create the impression that you're trying to judge people, but at the same time, you're just trying to understand. I think it's like you have to ask to understand. And if you ask, you're, you're seen as curious and potentially, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's an interesting concept, I guess, to me. And I, I find that interesting. It's one of my, it's one of my, like, if I was ever to write a book about something, that probably just just the whole curiosity, like the advisor, my as being a financial advisor, curiously asking somebody, you know, what they're spending on something leads to 
unintended consequences of, of, of reactions, I guess, is kind of the interesting thing. <laughs> for sure. You know? For sure. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and like, and it's all about, it's all about the way you, you, you know, the way you approach the subject. I mean, if you say, you know, what are you spending this on or something like that, then you're obviously going to get a different answer. But I just find, I just find people put up, I think people know what they're doing, like with, when they're being excessive in certain areas and they put up a defense automatically on things. So like, sure. like I said, it's, it's about what, what works for you. And if, 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 you know, taking three vacations a year is what you need to do, then that's fine. But you need to find other places to find that balance. And that could be yep. the blue apron thing. Uh, yep. I think it's all about balance. I think that's really, and with anything in life, you know what I mean? Like balance is key, you know, whether it's finance, health, you know, invite, you know, vices that you enjoy, you know, anything that, anyone enjoys in any capacity i think you know balance 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 yeah i was talking to a, a, another farmer person last week about this a little bit and he was saying that he um sometimes able is able to switch from like a mental imbalance to a physical one so if he's stressed out at work he'll go and he'll hit a heavy bag mm-hmm. and and it, it helps level him out mentally and I, I i maybe i'm just wired differently but like i usually need to like just read something or something if I'm like stressed out mentally, <laughs> like it's just, a, it's just a weird, it's, I guess what works, it depends on what works for you, but like usually it stays in the same, you know, your health, your physical, your, your physical health, mental health, and your financial. And if financially I'm, I'm out of whack, I got to figure something out if, financially. If it's not, I'm not going to switch to taking a run, you know? <laughs> so totally. Yep. 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 And it's just different things work for different people. And I feel yeah. like our bodies, you know, innately tell us what we need at that moment. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, all right. Well, I'll open the floor up here a little bit. I mean, I'll let you kind of just, you know, kind of interview me for a couple of questions, see what's on your head, you know, just kind of see what, you know, anything particular you, you want to talk about while we're, while we're going. Yeah, totally. I, I hate to bring it back to the virus and the mm-hmm. current quarantine situation, but I was just thinking about in our last conversation, I feel like with this whole, you know, kind of sitting at home, it can breed almost like an excessive mentality as opposed to a minimalist mentality, whether it's kind of binging on snacks that are in the house or um, binging on TV or also online shopping. Um, (laughs) So um, I'm a little bit guilty of that, but I will say, and maybe I'm just justifying it, but, um, you know, I think there's been like a lack in, you know, um, you know, there's some uh, elongated, I should say, uh, shipping times with some stuff. And so I think, you know, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not hoarding toilet paper, I promise. You can <laughs> read my cabinets. Um, but, um, but no, I think I'm, you know, we're all a little bit on edge and nervous about, you know, what's the next ball that's going to drop and what's the next hot item that we're all going to, you know, be searching around for. And so we're kind of getting a little bit crafty and strategic in our, our buying and purchasing um, habits. So we're kind of looking, we're doing like a, you know, a two to four week view and saying, okay, what are those critical items that we might run out of and making sure that we have them in the house. And I'm not talking about just extra clothes. <laughs> I'm talking about just, you know, personal care items, paper goods, drinks, just things like that. So we're trying to get a little bit crafty mm-hmm. um, in that way. So just wanted to share that little tidbit of knowledge with everyone, because I thought that was kind of a good, a good idea. And we're not hoarding. That's the other thing. We're not buying four of cases of this or you know 10 of these you know we're just buying one of these at a time but yes we're buying them maybe a little bit sooner in advance than we would have if we weren't all sheltered in place yeah and i i I think that's natural to want to 
you know, whenever you see a storm coming, you're going to want to start, you know, start, you're going to want to you know, close the shutters on the windows. You're not going to just wait for it to show up. <laughs> yeah. I know for, for us personally, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the penny pincher in the family, as you probably can imagine. And, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I, I went to the wife two weeks ago and I said, look, let's let's start buying some stuff. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I, I think inflation's going to be an issue in the next year or two. And okay. I said, let's get let's get the girls some shoes for for, you know, for the fall next year. Let's do all these things. And, you know, and, and I mean, we racked up a pretty significant, you know, uh, credit card bill for the month as a result. But, you know, I, I think if if, if from, just from planning ahead a little bit, I think that there's going to be a, a second wave, let's say, let's just pretend there there is and, and worst case. I don't. I don't feel like going through this again. Where we can't find, we can't find things, right? I mean, yeah. it's 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 terrible, and we we've, we've been pretty lucky that I like I normally keep you know like I'm like again I'm a, I'm kind of a nerd and I I, I follow the uh, what the um, you know the FEMA says you should keep in your house for you know sixty days worth of food and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but you know like there's some cleaning products that I think the next month we're not going to be able to find and we're going to have to find substitutes because I don't think they're going to be available and I'm just trying to you know keep up with that basically. Um, yep, I know lemon juice vinegar. There's all those <laughs> things in your house, you know, acetone. Yeah, <laughs> don't really get to a point of desperation. <laughs> yeah, and I was I, I was lucky enough to find uh, 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 Swiffer mops, uh, the wet the wet mop, the wet you know uh, mm-hmm. the wet mop yesterday, uh, and I went to the supermarket. I was like, all right, good, we got something at least to clean the floor with. So at yes. least we're not you know the floors will be clean. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be doing the. <laughs> We'll be using using the wet map wet mops for the bathroom, but you know whatever it is, exactly. what it is. Exactly. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do in this circumstance. Yeah. I think um, the other thing that I wanted to kind of um, point out is like kind of two things. Um, you know, kind of the the economic view of you know I'm feeling just like really almost like a survivor's guilt um, because of like everyone in the service industries because like they're really the ones getting hit the hardest, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In this whole circumstance, like I said, I feel humbled and fortunate that I'm in the position that I'm in and that, you know, I'm in the healthcare industry, which, you know, right now is kind of everyone, all eyes are on the healthcare industry right now. And so I think I'm, I'm genuinely worried about, about that industry um, and people in that industry and also kind of the, you know, the socioeconomic impacts that that has post you know, when the dust does settle, because, you know, selfishly, you know, I need my hair cut, my nails done when all this is over. But, you know, I hope that those people are kind of able to stay afloat um, during this kind of precarious time. So I think that's something that's kind of weighing heavy on my heart right now. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be, I was just sharing this with, with uh, my marketing guy earlier, Corey, um, there's a, I belong to like a local Facebook page, you know, like the, like the, the community page. And there was a contractor on there, you know, saying that, you know, he feels terrible that, you know, the, the grandparents are dying and people that are immunocompromised. Um, but at the same time, you know, he has lease payments due for his, his Caterpillar that he, he bought and he has all these different things that he has going on and he can't afford to be out of work much longer. And he's like, yeah. what do I do? Like, I, do I go to work or go to jail? And if you put me to jail, they're not keeping you anyway. So I'll be back to work the next yeah, day. Exactly. Like, yeah. So it's, it, I, I personally feel like the end of April is probably going to be a decision time where what they should do is tell people they have a week to get supplies and just, just hunker down if you're, if you're very vulnerable and then, and then just let nature take its course, unfortunately, because you can't have, yeah. you can't have people. I mean, the other part of it is I think the damage is already done. People, you know, re- restaurants are going out of business already because they can't afford it. And that goes back to, I mean, not to 
you know, sort of boast what I do, but I mean, at the same time, you, there is, if you're missing one biweekly paycheck and your company is going out of business, I, I think you, you need to take a hard look at what, what you're doing. Right. I mean, it's, 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 I hate to, I hate to sort of pile on, on the grief, but if we somehow come out of this in in a week or two and it's like unscathed, I think that should be a wake up call to people. Like this was your warning. Like you can't, you can't live like this, you know? And that's, and again, I hate to be that jerk, but at the same time, like, I think, I think we've all, we've all, we've all been lucky enough in the last, you know, however many years of our life and, and unless you're a baby boom not baby boomer let's call it a uh, greatest generation that's still alive like 95 years old or older mm-hmm. you haven't been through this drama that i think we're feeling right now <laughs> so yeah. it's it's uh, it's interesting yeah um, it's really interesting it's just you know like you said you know this like you said just a wake-up call like you know people you know we need to be, you know, prepared and have that rainy day fund and, you know, make sure that, you know, in the event of crisis and emergency that we're making sure to take care of ourselves and our loved ones in yeah. the best way that we can. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So let me, let's go make We're going to make it a little bit, a uh, little bit easier now. <laughs> I'll try to make it just a little, <laughs> little more lighter. Um, let me ask you, like, well, I guess, let me ask you this. Any, any other questions for me before we kind of move on? Anything else that you would kind of like to hear my input on? Or? Yeah, I guess the other thing I would say is, um, so I, I know the government is doing kind of the stimulus package, and I just read online last night that we're all, like, everyone who's filed taxes in 2018 and 2019 is getting, like, a stimulus mm-hmm. check. Is that I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that. And maybe that could hopefully like be the nest egg that someone like needs at least just to get by until they can get up on, get back on their feet. And then hopefully, like you said, then from there start to build back and also, you know, get savvy with their finances so that, you know, this emergency situation doesn't happen again. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's if the if, if the best case scenario happens and somehow we we you know bring down the numbers in the next couple of weeks, it it could it could definitely hold people over. Um, but if this drags on a month or two, I, I think it's it's really not going to be a, a effective in in doing what it was intended to. Right. And yeah. uh, you know, there's. I mean, this is above my pay grade, I guess, too, right? So, I mean, I guess the one, like, not to, not to make politics out of this, but I guess from a policy standpoint, you know, helicopter money from a economist standpoint never really works. It's 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 inflationary and net-net, you get nothing out of it, if, maybe even a loss, really. Um, right. Because people are going to just, you know, mismanage it and or just pay their bills for a month and then be in the same spot in a couple weeks anyway. And that just creates, you know, it's just, it's just an interesting scenario. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think something had to be done, and they did the the, the easiest thing that they could do, and, and and unfortunately, it probably wasn't the best thing in, in retrospect. But you know, hopefully, it, it is if if the best the best situation appears. <laughs> Great, yeah, yeah. I was just wondering your thoughts on it. I think I was just reading about it last night, and you know, I just wasn't sure. I was like, okay, this is nice, and I see, you know, I see the purpose of it, but really, to your point, you know, is it really going to change people's situation or way of thinking for the long term? I guess it's just similar to kind of the way that people are handling, you know, the virus itself, like, you know, like, 
use this as an opportunity to be compliant, to smart up and, you know, like kind of, I hate to say it, but tough love, like a little bit of a kick in the pants, you know, like stay home, take the, the money that, you know, the government is giving you and, you know, create a, use this opportunity to create a plan to, you know, to do what you need to do, um, to, you know, uplift yourself sure. through this um, crisis. And I think geography is going to have a lot to do with it too. If you're in, you know, somewhere in the mid, in the Midwest, that that twelve hundred hours goes a lot further than if you're in New Jersey or California. Sure. So it's you know, it's if you're if you're in Silicon Valley and you're 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 rent is eight grand a month. I mean, it's not really going to it's not going to help you out. Sure. You know? It's not going to move the needle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So I, I guess we'll kind of get to the fun part here. Um, so. Just one thing I guess like to like say is like, from a social, you, you see you're doing social distance play dates with like your coworkers. Um, okay. Anything else with like your friends and stuff like that? How's, how's that sort of working out at this point? Oh yeah, totally. So um, I've been, I did a Google Hangouts with some of my friends the other day. I just did a Zoom meeting um, this morning with some of my um, previous Pfizer colleagues. Um I've been FaceTiming my bridesmaids. I was actually going to FaceTime one of my bridesmaids after work today. So um, I think if anything, like to your point, like about silver lining is, you know, this kind of, you know, everything with the situation is, you know, kind of forcing us to kind of like get back to basics and reconnect with, you know, um, friends and family and even those in our households, you know, like I'm fortunate that in my situation, you know, my fiance and I are very well connected. We have a dog who, you know, we're always fawning over and giving attention to. But sometimes, like, in the hustle and bustle of life, um, people kind of get busy and, and they miss connections even with, you know, those in their own household. And so maybe this whole opportunity is a chance for people to slow down and, and reconnect with their loved ones. That's pretty cool. I like that thought. Yeah. Um, I'll share a quick story that's pretty funny. So yesterday my wife was on a Zoom call she's a teacher and she had a, a parent teacher conference and um, she's in there with the principal, like an, a, the special ed teacher, her herself and um, the, the parent. And I'm watching my little guy, he's eight months old and, and somehow he, he put his finger in, um, yeah, I'm trying to just keep him occupied, keep him quiet. And he put his finger up my nose somehow and he, 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 he must've like severed a, a capillary or something. So, so blood starts pouring out of my face. Oh no. <laughs> right. And, and uh, so I get up and I'm like, I look, I, it didn't even hurt if I could feel like, you know, the blood running out of my face. I'm like, holy smokes. So I get up and, you know, I, I say, can you, I walk to my, my, my wife. I said, can you just take them for a minute? And, you know, while I'm doing this, and I could, I could see them like stopping the conversation and looking at me just covered in blood. <laughs> so, so I had a, oh, so I had to like, you know, I mean, it stopped bleeding after 10 minutes. It wasn't a big deal, but it was just, it was just a lot of blood really quickly. And I, I think I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is pretty good. Like, <laughs> This is where we. This is where we are right now. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. like almost like obviously that's not a pleasant situation yeah. that you were in, but it's almost like we have to kind of find like the humor and the lightheartedness. And, you know what I mean? Just kind of you know yeah. the fact that all of these people weren't expecting to all of a sudden be on camera and see you with yeah. you know blood running down your face, rushing in. Well, and then and then my, my you know my wife puts it on mute as they're still talking and says you're gonna have to like quarterize it because you we're not we're not gonna go to the hospital if you can't get the stop right? so yeah. and, and i was really laughing I said, it's all these people are going to hear is like sizzles and screams in the background of me trying to cauterize my nose if, if i couldn't get the stop oh, man. <laughs> so it's 
it's been a, I mean, it's been a stressful, you know, a couple of weeks for everybody, I think. Um, for sure. So let me ask you this question. This is a little off topic, but sure, why not? Uh, who's the most successful person that you've met and why do you think they were the most successful person that you met? Oh, I've never thought of that question. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is a tough one. I'm like really, I'm going to have to give this some some thought. You can kick it for a little bit. It's no problem. <laughs> um, did we ask another question while you're thinking about that a little bit sure, in the background? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. um, I do know successful people. I don't want you to think I don't. I'm just no, trying to no. think of like, who is the most successful. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be financially. It could be, it could be just, you know, it could just be in life. You know, somebody who has a balance that you just appreciate, I guess, you know. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, it's funny. So um, I have a good friend. I'm going to leave her anonymous because she, like, in all due respect to her, she prefers staying very, she doesn't like to give her, like, real phone number out and stuff like that. So she's just a very anonymous person. So right. I hate just, I just don't want to say her name on here because I think she might be upset. But um, she's, it's funny. She, like, I don't know, you know, what her financial situation is, but, um, you know, she lives very just average. Um, and, um, she actually, um, she unfortunately has some health issues. And so she kind of runs her own little Etsy business. And then, um, her husband, although he is very, um, educationally accomplished, he actually, um, he works at a factory right now because, um, some of the more, um, white collar work was just very mentally draining and stressful for him. So okay. they live a very simple lifestyle, but they seem just so like rich and successful in life and in love. And I think, you know, as I approach my wedding, um, in just a few months, um, that is just so powerful to me because to your point, success isn't just about, you know, how much money someone makes or how much money they, they've saved, but, um, but really, you know, how like fulfilled of a life that they have. And, um, and I just, when I look at them, um, they just, as a couple, they just seem like they're very fulfilled. And like I said, they don't have anything extravagant, um, you know, they live very minimally, but they just seem very happy and content. And I think that to me defines, you know, success and happiness. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's hard to find, I think, because, um, you know, my experience when I sort of lift up the curtain a little bit and see what people's finances are like, a lot of times what you perceive them to be happy or not is completely different than what their finances show you because it, there's been people that I've talked with that had, you know, tens of millions of dollars that were completely miserable and, and, and it might be a function of just they they always they're just driven to, to be something that was always unattainable i guess and maybe that was sort of the problem but if you if you sort of just appreciate the small things like you're talking about a little bit i think that could be that could be a way to just make things a lot easier <laughs> than, yep, than, for sure you know. for sure and for all i know honestly i feel like you know they're the type of people who even though they live simply drive you know non-expensive cars and you know just you know just dress in plain clothes like those are some of the people that have the most money in the bank and that you look at them and you're like oh you know they they probably are average and do okay for themselves yeah but through the years they're the ones who have saved they're the ones who have 
have invested. They're the ones who are having the conversations with the financial advisors. And little do you know, you know, they have, you know, a secret stash, you know, of, of tons of money. And so that's the other thing too. It's like you said, it's not all about um, what's on the outside. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, okay, well, we're coming up to about forty-five minutes. So I don't want to hold you up too much longer. Is there any 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 parting thoughts about anything? Anything else I can I can sort of answer or help out, or that you need to sort of get off your chest? Yeah, I, I guess the one question that's kind of I know I emailed you about it a couple of weeks ago. It's just it's still it, the volatility of the stock market. Mm-hmm. So, like as a financial advisor, you know, for those of us who you know are invested in the market um and you know kind of have i'll say a long time horizon um you know like i just i kind of need that that reminder that everything's going to be okay and that i just need to just you know keep holding on to my investment products and you know it'll it'll go up at some point and this volatility will slow down yeah i, I think so the, i just need some reassurance yeah no i know and and i, I you know, hopefully i can do that i guess to I put out a post on LinkedIn the other day, and this is not me broadcasting my business across the internet, but it's it's about, you know, if you have 100% in stocks, I think you are you might be in for a, a big surprise in the next couple of months. But if you have some mix of, you know, fixed income and some alternatives, um, you know, it's it's going to, it, it's it's there's something in, one if you have 12 asset classes in, in your portfolio, one or two of those asset classes are going to be down a lot less than, than the stock market. And, um, you know, and something else to talk about all the time is having some cash. And if you have six, nine months of cash, then you have the capacity to take the risk. Now, if you, if you lose your job tomorrow, that might change for, you know, pretty quickly. But if you have the other asset classes that are not down 35%, you could always start to, to take from them to, you know, to try to wait it out. Um, but, you know, I mean, we're, Look, it, 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 the market always goes up until it doesn't, I guess, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the, you know, the, the takeaways. I don't really know, you know, what this means. There's a, there's a lot of things that could possibly be really bad here. But sure. at the same time, there's a, you know, we all, you're basically taking a bet in, on society to continue to function on some level. And if it doesn't, then, you know, what's the difference? Your money's worthless anyway. <laughs> if it gets, if it get, if it get exactly. way down, you know, way down in the weeds. I mean, I, I used to have a – I used to deal with a lot of people that were um, – like doomsday preppers. Sometimes I would have to talk to these people when I was working at Merrill and they would buy, you know, they would sell their, their, you know, their investments out and they would go and buy like, you know, heads of cattle and machine guns and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and you're just like, well, you know, maybe you can live like that for a while, but I mean, it's at some point, like realistically, you know, if, if it does, someone else is going to come by with a tank and take your machine gun. I mean, it's just, it's just yep, exactly. like, you have to sort of have a, a hope of humanity to, to be be good, and that's where I am. I think there's, as long as you have that that diversification, I think you'll you'll be, you'll be fine. <laughs> long, okay. Yeah. Good. Long long <laughs> short short answer is that you'll be you'll be fine if you if you if you just hold course. Um, okay. Good. Yeah. Because I don't want to secure my losses. That's what I don't want to yeah, do, and no. that's why I haven't really moved any of my assets or done anything crazy. Because it's just like the volatility is just too extreme. You don't know what's going to happen today tomorrow you know whatever like it's it's up it's down you know well and i, I just I, swings. I guess the one thing i just i just just posted this a few months ago is about um you know 12 years ago 11 years ago when the market was crashing i i started looking at a real estate down in miami and and there was condos on the on the water like two bedroom condos going for like seventy five thousand dollars 
And I, at the time, you know, I was probably 24 at the time or something. Ever, and I was like, darn, I wish I had some money to go and just buy one of these and just, you know, rent it out and go down for two weeks a year or whatever and, you know, yeah. retire there. And, you know, those kind of opportunities are going to pop up again, whether it's that extreme or not. Because that, that same condo, that same unit was going for like $550,000 a year ago. So, um, you know, opportunities are going to bubble up. I mean, it's just a matter of where the next bull, the bull market, the next, the next bull market's already happening. It's just a matter of where it's going to be. And that's, that's the, that's the, the hard question to figure out, you know? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And we don't have a crystal ball. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> guess we'll just have to ride the waves yeah. and um, hopefully all of this will be better soon for everyone between, you know, the, you know, coronavirus and the stock market volatility and just life resuming as normal. That's yeah. kind of the high note I want to end it on is, you know, just, you know, stick, you know, we're all going to stick it out together. We're all, you know, just hang in there. We're all this together and, and it's going to be, it's going to be okay soon. And this is just like you said, going to be a faint memory. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be one of those things you're going to remember and you'll tell the grandkids one day and hopefully they, <laughs> they like I, I, my grandparents told me and hopefully they, they, they are smart enough to remember, you know, when they, when it happens again, in 100 years, you know, so. Yep, yeah, exactly. All right, Brooke. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, end it with that. And uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, sounds great. Thank okay. you for having me today. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Have a great rest of your day.